When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need to know involving USA Curling and more. It's the 12th in Sports Network's The Extra Extra In Podcast with hosts Price Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, club spotlights, and more. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's The Extra Extra In Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Jenna. Another week in 2020, and we're back here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. I'm Price Atkinson, and he is the godfather, Joe Calabrese. He's back for two weeks in a row, Joe. How about that? Great to have you back on, my man. Hey, thanks a lot, Price. I really appreciate uh, the call back. You know, it's nice to get the uh, the call when uh, when Jenna K. Martin cannot make it. You know, you know I'm available. Yeah, out of the bullpen, you're always got that right arm ready and uh, ready to come in firing some fastballs. And we got some fastballs to fire at you uh, tonight because we had the men's and women's challenge round go down last weekend. That's what we're going to spend the bulk of this first segment talking about. Joe, do want to let everybody know we got a guest interview with John Benton. Uh, talked to him just a day or so ago, right before, literally, as he was stepping on the plane to go to Lausanne, Switzerland for the Winter Youth Olympic Games. They had the opening ceremony earlier today and play uh, on the ice for the curlers and uh, led by Team Ethan Abair will get going tomorrow. Uh, so good luck to Team USA there, but a great interview with JB uh, talking about his involvement with the team and you know how it came to be and expectations and everything like that. So can't wait to bring you uh, in that to our listeners, Joe. But as I just mentioned, uh, Jenna taking the night week off. Uh, you're coming in out of the bullpen, and it's a great, uh, great opportunity because with the challenge round now having come and gone, the Nationals picture that we will broadcast live on the 12th in Sports Network, again, as usual, has now come a lot clearer into the picture. And with the Nationals starting on Saturday evening, February the 8th in Spokane, Washington, Technically, Cheney, Washington, but what we're going to call it Spokane because that's who's hosting it. Joe, the women's uh, – let's start on the – you want to start women's side or you want to go men's side? You, you, give me which sure, one you want to go. You want to go women's side? Start the women's side. Yeah, All right. start the women's side. So, as we have it, three teams uh, qualified on the women's side uh, for that took the three spots at the challenge round. So, now we have Christine McMakin. She qualified out of the A side. Ariel Traxler battled back, and she uh, won through, got through through the B side. And then Ann Podal staved off a a Herculean iron uh, iron woman iron team. I don't know what you want to call it, effort from Team Seneker because they they played I think more games than anybody else at the challenge round and came up just a game short. But Ann Podal gets that third and final spot. So we have Christine McMakin, Ariel Traxler, and Ann Podal now having qualified for the U.S. Nationals. Dive right into that, Joe. Yeah, well, why don't we just talk first? Let's go talk about Seneca first. Like, I gave you some bad information, I think, last week. Yeah. I thought Stephanie wasn't going to be playing and it wound up that she was out there. She had a wrist brace on. Um, 
you could sort of see it maybe when she was sweeping rocks in the back of the house that maybe she didn't quite have the full power. Um, but uh, they they did put out quite the effort and almost pulled off the C qualifier. They had they had uh, one of those kind of draws where you're playing every uh, every game uh, back to back to back, and they just came up short in the end. But man, let's talk about that A they, that A side. Um, Christine McMakin, you know, they took on uh, the the Bear the Bear Down team, Madison Bear. Uh, beat them eight to six. Then uh, the Strauss rink beat them 10 three. And boy, Ariel Traxler, her team had her, that eight qualifier one. There was, mm-hmm. there were, I was watching that game and um, I, I was actually shocked that, uh, that they actually played the last end. Um, Traxler was up uh, by a bunch. I don't even know how many, it was it, probably four or five. Um, and somehow uh, it, this team, this McMakin team just kept burying rocks, kept burying rocks and, uh, Traxler got herself. She couldn't peel her way out. Um, wound up having to try to make some shots towards the end and make like a hit and roll and flash to rock here or there. And, and when you know it, it can win in the game and wins the a qualifier. Uh, that's one of the kind of losses that you would think maybe, you know, Traxler, um, you know, and her team might come out and, and, you know, maybe lay an egg in that B qualifier, but that's not what happened at all. They, they, they took care of business in that B qualifier. Um, and they, you know, won their way to nationals through that. Um, you know, I was really impressed with the tracks of rank, I guess, throughout, they looked dominant all the way through that a qual all those eight games. And then they got to that, uh, the B qualifier against uh, and Potal, they wound up winning eight to four. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like they're a very strong team. They beat Farrell, Seneca, and Potal. Uh, only lost to McMakin. Um, so I think that they they had a pretty tough road to get there, and, and they wound up winning. Um, you know, and then Ann Potal, you know, they lose that B qualifier. They had a pretty long road to get there too. Yeah. But, you know, they got to they got to that C qualifier. You know, they got to skip all the games that Seneca had to play. Yeah. Um, and wound up ha- and, and really. Um, it was a, re- a reasonably uh, well-played game, I think, against Seneca. I watched a bit of that one, too. Um, but uh, Seneca just couldn't pull out the victory, and Podol is uh, your third qualifier. Very deserving qualifier. Yeah. That... Uh, I, I, it, I guess, I'm sorry, Price. I guess the surprising thing for me is that Bear and Farrell, neither of them qualified um, to this point. Um, we do have one uh, junior team most likely uh, going to be the final team. Um, but were you surprised that neither of those two teams Wound up making the uh, national directly yet? I one of the two. I thought Bear would get through. I knew it was going to be difficult for them. Um, I I didn't. I was not on the Cora Farrell train thinking that they would make it. I thought Delaney Strauss actually was kind of my upset pick, um, and I thought Seneca would make it. Uh, obviously, that was difficult because you know finding out that information that you shared about where they're going to play with three that Stephanie was hurt wasn't the case, but <clears throat> I thought Seneca was going to get through as well. So I, I completely whiffed. Um, and that's what happens in these things. You just, I mean, you just never know. Um, I, I did watch a good bit, uh, a lot of the games, not all of them. Uh, the one in particular, talking about Madison Bear, I, I was surprised because, again, um, they just, they had a couple bad calls, I thought, um, coming down the last couple of ends against Seneca. I mean, they had the game in hand and, they had a couple bad calls and a couple bad misses, and it really just it handed it to Seneca. Not that they didn't earn it, uh, but Madison Bears team they they had that game. Um, but obviously, you know, I, that's been a problem for them I, all year. 
Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. I watched the game too, and I remember um, some times where I said, "What what is Bear doing here? Why are they not hitting these rocks?" And right. and kind of came back to bite them. I, I agree agree with you. Yeah. I, I remember seeing a couple ends like that where I did, I, I actually was commenting um, back and forth with Sean Murray. <laughs> we were we were texting back and forth, and we were I, we were a little bit shocked as to what was going on. Yeah, I was really surprised, but then um, you know, obviously it played out the way it did, and then it was Ann Podel and, and Stephanie Seneker, and you know that was a lot to put on Seneker's plate to try and pull off another one. But as you mentioned, Podel, you know, got to skip everything that Seneker had to play, and then puts forward uh, really a solid—I don't want to say dominating, but I mean a ten-four win um, that they cruised past Seneker to get that last spot. And so, you know, I, here's the thing for me: uh, at the end of the day. Um, I'm happy for any of the three teams that make it. Um, it really, you know, pick the three, I'm fine with. I will say that it's always fun and neat to get, if you want to call them new faces, but maybe faces you don't always expect to see there, I think that's always a good thing, especially to have, you know, something new, a little bit fresh. And, you know, I think we're going to get that. I think the three teams were probably, if anybody was literally being honest and putting money on the line, I bet most people didn't pick at least two of the three. I bet people probably only had one out of these three making it. Right. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And I think, you know, the the good thing about this, so while they're they're sort of new faces, they're they're all have at least a year of national experiences. Yeah. So, um, they they they'll have been to the show. It won't be surprising to them. They'll they'll their nerve won't be as, as bad as they might've been the first time around. And I bet you that we'll see some pretty good performances and maybe a few upsets. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, it, yeah. Th- like you said, they're not new faces. I mean, we've seen most all of them before outside of maybe a, a player here or there, um, but that eight team going to be decided. So we, we don't know exactly with the junior nationals coming up, uh, you know, this weekend, what is it traditionally, Joe? Is it, is it typically most of the time the second place junior team is the one that gets a spot, uh, that last spot? Yeah, normally it depends on what kinds of conflicts there are, and so I think and so I think the agency is to pick which junior team, and you know, so we'll yep. sort of see what winds up happening. All right, let's take a look at the men's side of things. This is where uh, I guess maybe let's call let's talk some surprises here because there definitely were surprises on the men's side of the USA Men's Challenge Round and Grand Forks, Joe. Um, the four teams making it out, uh, Jed Brundage, Kyle Kakla, Dominic Mayerke, and Luke Violet. Those are the four qualifiers that emerge with the 10th team, obviously. Uh, we still don't know with the Junior Nationals coming up this weekend, but uh, Kakala, Mayerke, Brundage, Violet, those are the four additions now to the field. Your reaction to how that played out on the men's side? Well, you know what? I think I predicted two of the four of these teams, Merricky and Violet, I think were the two that I picked. I hope I will go. Someone will have to check the tape, but I'm pretty sure that's what is happening. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess what I, I'm, I'm a hair surprised by Brundage. He isn't, um, I, while he's been to nationals before, he hadn't shown year kind of, um, the kind of result that you might think for somebody going into this and kind of winning the eight. Um, that's sort of reserved for somebody I, I feel like normally has been, been out there competing, uh, you know, pretty regularly. Um, but they did a good job. I mean, they took out sick out Myers, Violet, and and Mirky. And you know, I mean, like two of those are gonna are also gonna be at national. So I mean, I, all the all kudos to them for for pulling that off. And I'm looking forward to seeing them play because uh, you know they have some experience, and I think that they'll do very well. Um, 
you know, on the beef side, I think, you know, maybe the surprise might be Cacala. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the Cacalers, I believe they're brothers. Um, I know Kevin, Kevin and, and uh, Kyle may be a little bit younger, but uh, at any rate, uh, I, I've, I've certainly played against Cackle in my past and good player. Um, but I don't know if we necessarily would have expected them to make nationals uh, per se. I think they're a little bit of a surprise. You know, then you got uh, Marquis and Violet. Now, Marquis might have been, I, my guess, probably was probably the most talented player in the field by you know himself. And so it's not too surprising that uh, combined with uh, Stephen Dropkin that they're they're going to wind up making nationals. Um, and they actually uh, added Jason Smith as their fifth. Um, so I'm pretty excited to see uh, Smitty playing again yeah. at nationals. Um, but you know, they, they came out of that, uh, you know, they wound up, uh, four and two, they wound up being beating Berkeley in that, uh, that, in that qualifying game. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately we won't be seeing uh Berkeley at nationals, at least at the moment, he's, you know, maybe there's a possibility, um, but, uh, with that last, uh, team up for grabs, uh, but then, uh, Violet was the, the final team also played strong, beat, uh, Chase Finette down the stretch there. Um, so, you know, obviously a very strong team as well. One of the people that I thought might make nationals. Uh, what did you take from this whole thing? Um, Senate and Violet were my locks going into it. Yeah. I thought Brundage was, I picked them as a third team to make it. And the fourth, I was pretty much wide open on, um, Senate obviously doesn't get in, uh, Brundage gets in through the A side, like you mentioned, uh, Violet is in, um, I talked to Steve Berkeley today. He said, <laughs> look, if there, if there's any bigger fan of team Violet, you won't find them. You look right here in the mirror. It's me because, you know, he's hoping that they can win the junior nationals and that they would get, uh, potentially that 10th spot. Um, cause he said, he, I'm playing to be there either way. I'm playing to be there as a fifth with a team or just simply to have a fun time at nationals cheering everybody on for a week. So, Steve Berkeley's going to be there in some capacity, but he is definitely hoping that the Luke Violet rink can win the juniors, which I would expect them. To, I think they're the favorite. I'd be shocked. At, well, I w- I'm not going to say that. I wouldn't be shocked. Chase Sennett's going to be right there and, and give them everything they want. Um, but yeah, I thought Kakla was. If you're gonna if you're gonna pick the surprise on the men's side, probably Kakla. I I I wasn't sold that Mayorki was you know definitely one of the four. I, I mean, I thought they'd be in the mix like many of the other teams, like Stephen uh, Berkeley, like uh, like Nick Conley potentially. I mean, but you just didn't know how it was going to play out. And you know, certainly the talent was there with him skipping and what he's done in the past. But you know, I think Kyle Kakla is probably we've seen him at nationals before. But if you if you're going to go and look at the field and and you know, kind of the way the season has gone, I think that Kakla would be have to be considered the surprise of the men's challenge round, Joe. You know, the the good news is that we're going to get to see Mittmouth again. JP uh, Munich is uh, part of Team Kakla, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, if you're, those of you who aren't aware, JP, yep. uh, will throw with a bit out, which is kind of fun to watch, but yeah, you know, Kakala, they, they, I mean, they, they pretty much were very consistent on the offensive side in the challenge round. They were scoring between eight and 10 points pretty much every game. Yep. Um, they kept their opponents, uh, relatively, uh, um, you know, low scoring. Um, and they, you know, obviously that's why they wound up winning, but, um, their only losses to, uh, Merrickie and, you know, that, that was a seven to three loss. Uh, early in the event, but then they kind of just got on a roll, and you know that's uh, you know these guys are capable of, and that's uh, that's terrific. Yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do.
All right, Joe, let's uh, take a quick break here. I want to bring you the interview with John Benton, uh, the head coach of Team USA at the Winter Youth Olympic Games there in Lausanne, Switzerland. That's coming up next, and Joe and I are going to wrap it up. you got a whole lot of curling on, on uh, being streamed this weekend. We're going to get into where you can find all of that, including the events. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Joe Calabrese and myself, Price Atkinson. Stay tuned. We're coming right back. Anything and everything involving USA curling and more is here on the Extra Extra In podcast. Here again are Price and Jenna. All right, welcome back in as we continue here on the Extra Extra End. And now going to talk with 2010 Olympian John Benton, who is the head coach or the coach of Team USA heading to the Winter Youth Olympic Games in Lausanne, Switzerland. And JB, as you guys get ready to uh, head across the pond over to Switzerland, uh, what a great event uh, for the kids to be a part of, but yourself and obviously the chance to represent Team USA, something you know so well about. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this event, I'm super excited to be going with the kids uh, just because it's an incredible opportunity for them. Um not not just to wear Team USA on their back, but there's such a, a cultural experience. And yeah. I really wish, you know, I'd had an opportunity when I was 15, 16, 17 years old to to do something like this. And, uh, you know, so it's it's really, really special. And and for me to, to go as a coach um, this time around, uh, I, I just I'm so excited uh, to see you know, all the things, all the excitement that they're going to get to be a part of. For those that may not know the Winter Youth Olympic Games uh, starting uh, opening ceremonies, what I believe on Friday, the ninth, how do, how do the yep. athletes qualify? What's the process uh, that, that you go about in terms of putting together Team USA for curling? So it's really, really strange, you know, for curling fans, um, these kids, like I said, it's uh, it's a very limited age range from 15 to 17. So there's some kids who don't even ever get an opportunity at this just based on when they were born. Um, but then uh, it's, it's also a mixed team, right? So yep. it's two guys and two girls. So in the junior ranks, they don't play mixed very often, right? They're, they're usually in their single gender teams for U21, U18. Um, and so these teams kind of form pretty ad hoc uh, the year of. And so uh, this team is, is really no different. Uh, Charlie Thompson and Ethan kind of knew each other. They knew a couple of girls threw the team together and and initially uh keith dropkin was actually going to coach them but mm -hmm. we all know keith is you know super busy with uh, tons of junior teams all the time so he he uh wasn't sure he was going to be able to give them the time and i had been working with charlie uh from a technical perspective for about four years he would come over from eau claire to four seasons because you know we're open year-round and and we do some work so uh, knowing that Charlie called me up and said, you know, here's what I'm thinking to do. I got a team together and, and we're looking for a coach. Are you interested? And mm -hmm. I said, you know, I absolutely love to, I just need to double check with Jared and the NFL guys to make sure it's not going to conflict. <laughs> yep. Um, and it, it all worked out. So, you know, realistically I've had, well, let's see, we had four weekends to work together prior to the trials. Mm -hmm. Uh, since the trials, we've had one weekend. And that's wow. really not going to be much different for any of the teams who are participating in this yep. event, just because it's such a unique thing to have a mixed 
team uh, of kids this age. Is Team USA going to be playing in Group D along with Italy, Latvia, Japan, the Czech Republic, and Sweden, and Coach John Benton joining us? Can you tell us a little bit about the four athletes? You know, you mentioned two guys, two girls. I know a couple of them, I believe two of them have some international experience, while two of them uh, will be experiencing this and competing for the first time overseas. Well, it's really pretty crazy been getting to know uh, these kids. I mean, uh, I work with Charlie a lot, but I didn't know uh, Ethan Abier. I didn't know Katie Murphy, and I didn't know Alina Shumakow at all. Uh, I, kn- I knew some of the names, but um, they've they've all uh, got you know some really unique backgrounds. Um, uh, Ethan and and Alina both come from Boston area, mm-hmm. so uh, playing out there, you know, a home of you know the Dropkin family and the Andersons, and a lot of really good East Coast curlers coming out of there, and they're mm-hmm. falling right into that tradition. Um, Katie's kind of out there in Ohio, which, you know, um, my, my good buddy, Addison Hollins made a great post the other day about mm-hmm. coaching juniors. I, I encourage everybody to check that post out because it's, it's really cool. But Katie comes from that background. Uh, Mike Moore has been her coach down there, a mm-hmm. uh, longtime friend of mine. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see kids come together from different geographical areas and, and their coaching backgrounds and then to, you know, really form a team to head off for an event like this. Mm-hmm. All right, as we continue with John Benton getting ready to head off to the Winter Youth Olympic Games in Lausanne, Switzerland. And, you know, as you're the coach of Team USA, how have you kind of talked to the kids about, you know, obviously everybody's competitive, as I'm sure I know they are, uh, but managing maybe some of the expectations versus experience, like you mentioned, because I know one of the experiences I think is just amazing a part of this event is after the team portion is done, you have one player from each country, I believe, what paired together with somebody from another country. So you play mixed doubles with somebody that's that may not even speak the same language. Exactly, exactly. So after the the mixed team competition, they they split them up into mixed doubles teams, and I'll actually get to coach one of those mixed doubles teams. And you know, you've got a language barrier there. You've you've got a whole bunch of other challenges, and it's really kind of a fun cultural experience for these kids to to, to deal with that challenge after they've gone through the stress of the team competition. Um, but I, I should say that you know, uh, three of the four, Charlie's the only one of them that wasn't competing in in U eighteen this year. But three of the four qualified as skips of their own teams for U18s as well. So I've got a bunch of pretty high-performing kiddos on this team, and and I just feel really awesome uh, to have a chance to to go with them and and go through this experience with them. Yeah, Ethan Abair, uh, Caitlin Murphy, Charlie Thompson, and Alina Schumacow are going to be taking the ice. And I know you're excited, uh, JB, but what's this going to be like for you? Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to bring back some international and maybe Olympic memories of your own. Well, for sure. I, I think one of the things with these guys that I've tried to do is think about my own experience in mm-hmm. 2010, playing with John Schuster and, and all of the other world level coaching experience and playing experience. Um, you know, I think a lot of people might look at this as, you know, just this amazing opportunity and how much fun it's going to be. But this is really 18 days where there's a ton going on. There's a ton of distractions. There's media. There's, you know, Different food can be a challenge, uh, you know, uh, transportation to and from the venue. Mm-hmm. All, all of these t- things tend to add stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, I've tried to coach these kids up on, you know, really being a good team, enjoying themselves, having a good time, making good friends. I mean, there wasn't a lot that I was going to do in, in four or five weekends with them technically or strategically to make significant changes. So it's really been about 
you know, um, being good teammates and, and really having great team dynamics. And I really think that helped them in the trials. And, and I'm hopeful that that will carry over here to the actual Youth Olympics. Hopefully everybody will follow you guys on Facebook at Team USA YOG Curling. Um, some great stuff you guys have posted, uh, you know, heading off, uh, it going through the airport itself. And as you guys, uh, prepare to embark on the winter youth Olympic games, uh, JB, just real quick before we let you go, I know you do have to go literally go to a plane, but you know, I know, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about team all pro and Jared Allen and, and Jason Smith and those guys, you've been working with them. You've been coaching them challenge round this past weekend where they came up a little bit short and, and didn't make it, but what kind of progress it, did, did these guys make uh, again and, and, in another year of working on the ice and working with you? Well, I, th- I think they made a ton of progress and, and just, you know, uh, in, in all honesty, I'm not really working with the guys much anymore. Okay. Um, you know, being that they brought on Tim Solon uh, mm-hmm. as a fifth and I have these other commitments and a lot of consulting going on, you know, yeah. it just wasn't really working out for me to spend that much time with them. But, you know, when Tim came on the team, you know, he came to me and said, you know, it's a credit it's a credit to you, John, you know, how far these guys have gotten. And, and I'm hum- humbled by that. Um, I, I really think that, you know, if they're able to dedicate the kind of time mm-hmm. uh, that the other teams are in, and I know they fell short on that this year. And I, I think they, they kind of regret that a little bit. I think that, you know, that the sky's the limit for them. Um, you know, they're, they're, they really just need that experiential piece of the game. And you can't, you can't force feed anybody that you have to see those, those situations time and time again in, in, you know, different, um, different configurations with ice and teams and all the things that, that go into it um, before you can actually really call yourself a, a great curler. But if they're able to dedicate that kind of time, I, I really think they can do well. Well, JB, good luck to, to you and the team over there. First game Friday, I believe it's 10 a.m., uh, against Italy, I was wrong earlier. The opening ceremony is, I believe, what Thursday on January the Thursday. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. But uh, yeah, congratulations! Look, have a lot of fun and and good luck. Go Team USA! Thanks, Bryce. Really appreciate it. Once again, that's John Benton, the head coach of Team USA, heading to the Winter Youth Olympic Games. First game Friday, January the tenth. That's this Friday against Italy. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, the playoffs will begin for the team on January 15th and the 16th. Hopefully, Team USA is a part of that. Then mixed doubles will begin there at the Winter Youth Olympic Games January 18th through the 21st in Lausanne, Switzerland, being played at the Champery Curling Club. And if you want to find out more, certainly usacurl.org. And also, the Olympic Channel will have coverage of events from the Winter Youth Olympic Games and a lot of streaming olympicchannel.org so make sure you follow the curling and team usa over at the winter youth olympic games appreciate head coach john benton joining us for a few minutes before he's literally hitting the plane to head over uh, to switzerland all right when we come back jenna and i we got a lot more for you here on this episode of the extraction podcast with the 12th in sports network we now continue with the extra extra in podcast here again are price and jenna all right, back here on the Extra Action Podcast with the 12th in Sports Network. Don't forget, Curling Night in America, folks. If you did not see the first episode last week, you can I believe you can do that online. I believe you can catch it, uh, the streamed uh, episode of episode one uh, with Team Schuster beating uh, Team Scotland. But don't forget, coming up this Friday night, January the 10th, 
10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Corey Dropkin and Sarah Anderson against Team Japan. I'm not going to spoil the result. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good one, as you can now settle in every Friday night uh, from now until really the beginning of March and check out Curling Night in America on the NBC Sports Network, Joe. And John, I'm sure you probably heard the story, but the way that all came together, that, uh, that Team China was actually supposed to be a part of the event. And uh, at the last minute, they pull out. And it was looking like there might be a second U.S. team on in each of the disciplines, men's, women's, mixed doubles. And, and I thought right there, I was like, there's no way you can pull that off. And at the last minute, they were able to call Scotland. Literally, I think it was probably Friday, the week before the filming was to begin Thursday in Raleigh. And bam, Team Scotland gets a couple junior teams and kind of saves the day. It was a real kind of precarious position there for a curling night in America that not a lot of people know about. It was a lot of had to do with China and a lot of things that were going on with, you know, some of the civil unrest that was happening at home and, you know, a lot of teams not traveling at the time. But uh, all hail to Scotland for the save with curling night in America, Joe. Yeah, good for them, man. Uh, picking up where China dropped the ball, that's a, that's a good thing. And it, it's, Makes for good television for uh, the fall and winter time for uh, all of us here in the states. So uh, good for them. Thanks so much for doing that. Amen to that. All right, Joe. We got a whole lot of curling on. A whole lot. If you need, it, now is the time to wet your whistle, folks. It, this is the time you're ready for nationals. We are too. It's just what about a month away. Um, if you want to get start getting your fill, obviously Curling Night in America is on. You've got the Continental Cup that's being streamed on ESPN3. No, there are no U.S. teams. We won't get started on that. Uh, but if you want to stream that, you can catch that all weekend. Uh, but, Joe, streaming the 12th and Sports Network right here, my man. you got all kinds of things. Tell everybody what they can watch this weekend streaming courtesy of TESN. You know, Price, this is a kind of a sweet spot for, for curling and particularly for the Golden Wrench in Arizona. It's a it's a cash spiel that attracts Canadian teams down to Arizona um, and a number of great U.S. teams as well. Um, it's right before Canadian Provincials. It's sort of right before U.S. Nationals, and but it's after the main cash season. So teams that are looking for a tune-up, they, they've fly out to Arizona for some uh, fun in the sun and ice. And so uh, all this weekend on TESN, you can find draws from the Golden Wrench. Uh, we had Schuster. Uh, Schuster's going to be featured at some point this weekend. I know that. Um, you got uh, Jamie Cooey's going to be there. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of some of the other names. But some, I mean, some really terrific curling that's going to be happening all weekend from, uh, you know, we're taping this Thursday. It's been on all day today. It'll be on the, all day Friday, Saturday. And then the, the playoffs will be on Sunday. And then if you're looking for maybe something a little bit more fun and uh, who isn't, uh, St. Paul has the big spiel, which I want to say is like 64 teams, some crazy amount of teams. Um, they play in, a, in clubs, I believe, all throughout the St. Paul area. And so you can check that out all weekend starting Friday on TESN as well. Yeah, go ahead and get your fill right now before Nationals. There is a lot to take in. But, you know, you mentioned the Gold Wrench Classic. It's a great event because it's a World Curling Tour event, you know, that's being held in the U.S. And there's not many of those that we have. Um, <clears throat> but this is – you look at the fields, quality of this field, there's no doubt about it that um, – 
you know, you mentioned attracting some top Canadian teams because it's one of the last events before provincials. You get the great weather there in Arizona, uh, just in, in, in Tempe. Jason Gunlinson, Jim Cotter, one of the nicest guys, uh, you know, plays out of British Columbia, skipping his team. They're one and one. Um, you mentioned Jamie Cooey, Tyler Tardy, one of the top uh, junior teams. Uh, Changman Kim from Korea. Kirk Myers is there uh, also. I mean, this is a really solid field. Um, pretty much all, most all the top men's teams um, from the U.S. are there except Corey Dropkin. The Young Bucks are not there, but you've got um, – uh, you've got Rich Ruin in there. They haven't lost yet. You've got Scott Dunham. They're 2-0. Uh, Todd Burr hasn't lost. And then Schuster, you mentioned, they haven't lost. So, man, 24 top men's teams, uh, you know, really covering mostly U.S. and the U.S. and Canada. This is a great event, and especially if you want to watch Summit hosted by Coyote, the Coyotes Curling Club, Daryl Horseman out there uh, in Arizona. This is a really good one that you can catch streamed, especially if you're looking for Team USA this weekend, Joe. Yeah, you know, and, it, and it's a high quality stream too. You can see both houses. You can see, uh, you know, the thrower, the skip. The, I mean, this isn't something like a Facebook stream where you're seeing it from one end of the uh, ice and you can't see what's happening on the other end. They do a really good job of providing some high quality video. All right, the other it's really a quiet weekend. Um, I mean, the Continental Cup is going on uh, right now in London, Ontario. But outside of that, in the Gold Ranch on the women's side, the, the really the only event to talk about is the International Bernie's Ladies Cup. Uh, over in Switzerland, and only one team from the U.S. is there at Jamie Sinclair's rink, and they are 1-0. and um, They defeat Scott, uh, Scotland's Maggie Wilson handily earlier, setting up a, a big game on the A side. It's a triple knockout format against Tori Kawana. Uh, from Japan, a team that we've seen at Curly Night in America in the past. So um, a, a big event, uh, a really a good chance for Sinclair to uh, to rack up some really solid points because those are some points they're going to need. But, I mean, really when it comes down to it at this point, I mean, you're looking at uh, everything right now for any team uh, really on the U.S. side, men or women. It really all comes down to nationals because of – Clearly, what that gets you into the world, um, the world championships on the men's and women's side, and that usually books you a spot in the Champions Cup in, at the end of the season. Although I have to go back and check that because they did shrink the Champions Cup now, uh, the last Grand Slam of the season, to just twelve teams. So I think the U.S. champion gets in, but I'll have to double check that. But regardless, a great field there in Switzerland for. Um, for Team Sinclair, and you know, going to have their hands full, hands full with you know most all the top teams really from Europe. They're all at the Continental Cup uh, in, in Ontario right now, Joe. Yeah, you look at this field, and you can see some teams. Uh, Andrea Shope is in this field. Um, Anna Sidorova is in this field. Um, there's a pretty good uh, mix of players in here. Teams from Italy, China, uh, from all over. Um, but it's a great tune-up for Sinclair. I mean, uh, get out there, play, uh, hopefully play a lot of games against quality competition. Um, you know, gets them one step closer to their ultimate goal as a world championship. Yep, and maybe the best team that's there, that's had one of the best teams of anybody on tour this year, is the um, the Swiss rink, uh, Elena Stern. Um, they have just been fantastic, and. They should be one of the favorites uh, to win that one. I know Irene Shorey's rink is, uh, you know, they're from Switzerland too. Mike Harris, who uh, broadcasts for uh, Sportsnet, does all the Grand Slams, a good friend. Um, he's coaching uh, Irene Shorey's rink. They should be pretty solid too. But you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, 
Sidorova, you got Alina Kovaleva. It just really a, a, a really good field. Tori Kawana, uh, Minji Kim from Korea. So we'll see how that shakes out for for Team Sinclair. But you know, really that that's the way everything looks um, on the international side, so to speak, through the World Curling Tour. Uh, but Joe, the Junior Nationals, uh, those are, are set to begin. Those are just uh, around the corner. Going to begin this Sunday in Eau Claire. 16 total teams. Um, I mean, I don't even know if you want to go ahead and make make go out and make a pick. Um, Ariel Traxler will be on the women's side. Strauss, McMakin, uh, Cora Farrell. Those are just to name a few on the men's side, probably the teams that you're looking at. I'd probably some, say something along the lines of Chase Sinnott, uh, Luke Violet, team, uh, Kevin Tuma. I, you want to go out on a limb and, and, and go for and make a pick there? You know, I don't know if I'll go out on a limb. I think my the, yeah. <laughs> I like Traxler. I like Violet. I mean, um, they showed a lot in these challenge rounds, and I do think that um, Ar- Ariel is probably when I think her strategy is just a step above a lot of the skips that I see out there in the junior circuit. That's both men and women. I really like the way she calls the game, and um, it, it, there's always a good reason for the things that she does, um, and. So I, I really believe that she has a really good chance at winning. I just think Violet and Senate, you're probably right, are probably the class that inside. Um, but I'll just go with the recency Violet's uh, win in the challenge round and, and say I have a real good shot. All right, Joe, let's uh, let's put a bow on this thing, man. I appreciate you pinch hitting tonight, uh, hopping in with me. Uh, we'll let you go. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Hopefully Jenna K. Martin will be back on the scene. Uh, I will be in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, so we'll figure out how to pull one of these off uh, while I'm on the road next week. If we have to take a week off, we will. But I don't want to take any weeks off right now, Joe, because we've got so much to digest and get ready for previewing uh, you know, USA Curling Nationals in Spokane. We got four weeks to go, my man. It's almost here. I can't wait to see you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun out there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Price. It's, it's going to be a blast. All right. Well, condolences to you and your Buffalo Bills on the way out the door. Uh, oh. I'm sorry you had to have a little taste yeah. of Deshaun Watson. Uh, both coaches, I thought, almost try, basically tried to lose the game for each of their respective teams at the end of it. But at the end of it, the fighting Deshaun Watsons emerge, and I'm, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> Boy, Josh Allen kind of looked like he was trying to hog stones left and right over there. He's throwing <laughs> laterals. He's throwing bombs. They're double covered fullbacks. I don't know what was going on there. He just lost his composure, and that 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 killed us. But there's always next year, Price. That's the way I look at it. That, that that it is. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Appreciate Joe hopping in again. Make sure you uh, download, subscribe, uh, but go to tesn.us forward slash podcast. You can listen to every episode right there. But for us, have a great weekend. Good curling. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In podcast with Pice Atkinson and Jenna Martin. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on news, guests, and upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast. And contact us for more information on how to join the 12th In Sports Network. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls. 
and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at mrsmyers.com. Between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow, sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more.